Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Another day here of Bet the Edge. I'm Sarah Perlman alongside the whale capper himself, Drew Dinsick. Really appreciate you guys joining us on our NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel today. Awesome packed show. A lot to get to because Matt Bernier is back. He has his handicap of the NHL and you're definitely going to want to hear how he's getting creative attacking the board for tonight. And Zach Kruger is joining us. He has a jump on week eight in college football, including a live underdog in the Big Ten. And you know we have our edge of the day to wrap up the show and so much more coming up right here on Bet the Edge, powered by PointsBet. Drew, good morning. A lot of people say it's uh, NFL season. It's MLB postseason. There's a lot going on. It's college football season. Let me tell you what's going on today. It is NBA <laughs> season, my friend. And I have my pen out and I am ready to pick your brain and get into it. I know you'll have plays later in the day, but how fired up are you that it is your time to shine per usual, but especially in the NBA? What's the NFL? Never heard of this. Um, <clears throat> Who is that? No. Yes. Uh, I, I'm repping my Dodger blue today. They have their backs against the wall. But guess what? That is the second most interested I am in an L.A. sports event today. Much more interested in the Lakers Warriors, if we're being honest, uh, because the NBA is back. And you should have I, told me to wear yellow. I would have done something like that. Ooh, I would have more yeah. purple. I don't know. You tell me what you're rooting for and who you took. I would have. Well, we're not rooting jersey. for the Lakers tonight. <laughs> well, I'm going with the other side. The um, Warriors jersey should have come out of my closet. <laughs> Uh, but we'll get, I mean, like, look at the board light up. Watching the board light up this morning in the NBA was unbelievable. We have six points of total movement in the opener in Banner Night in Milwaukee. That total is down from 240 and a half to 223 and a half in some spots. Absolutely insane to see that steam come smoking in. And honestly, I feel like the market wanted more. I feel like it wanted to go down more, but somebody out there just said enough is enough. I'm going to provide the resistance and stopped it at 234. Uh, I would not be surprised to see a second wave of under you know money come in as we get closer to tip and this thing closes at 232. Is that the right side? Yes, obviously. The two unders were the right sides today. Uh, do we see we we have seen a lot of the market flip to Bucks favored in this opening banner night here. We've seen a lot of money come in on the Warriors. It's pushed it down from five and a half to three and a half. And so you're a little bit late to the party right now if you're trying to get involved in any of these sides or totals. But uh, we'll break down these two games real quickly. And oh, actually, I'll break down the opening uh, game real quickly, and we'll save the yeah. second game for edge of the day as a little teaser. But yeah, you get uh, banner rays for the bucks typically players like to fade the ring team on ring night i don't exactly know what the genesis of that is but that's been a pretty popular betting angle over the years i personally think the bucks were a little disrespected on the money line on the open but it's been moved to fair price in general across the market milwaukee brings 
one difference in this team compared to the team we saw defeat the uh, Nets last season in the uh, in the Eastern Conference semifinals, and that is no P.J. Tucker for Milwaukee. And P.J. Tucker was somewhat important in terms of being sort of the Kevin Durant stopper in that game. On the flip side, Brooklyn looks like they're going to go with uh, LaMarcus Aldridge starting center here, which is a surprise because he does not match up well against Brooke Lopez and or Giannis in terms of his defensive capabilities there. So I think there's probably been, you know, a, a decent correct reaction to this total but if anything uh you know waiting till you get to 232 and taking it over maybe on brooklyn team total or milwaukee team total might mm. be a fun way to attack this one if you don't already have action uh ultimately i think milwaukee gets the win but it'll be a hard-fought game uh and realistically could not imagine any better way to tip off the season than the two true expected eastern conference you know contenders going head-to-head -head in, in game one yeah, I'm just looking right now in terms of where the money's coming in on this game and pretty on point with what you are saying. 79% of the handle did come in on that under, pushing this number down. But in terms of the side, drew 74% of the handle coming in on the box, just 56% of the spread count. So a little bit more money weighing in on the box, but split spread count. Fairly quickly before we transition here, I am curious. This is for myself and other listeners, of course. NBA season starting. There is so much time, of course, to get involved in the futures market. You did an awesome show with uh, NBC Sports Edge and, and Corey Parson and Vaughn really breaking down the NBA. But if there was one play, whether it's a, a win total or a futures, a future that you'd like to give out now or talk about before the season starts and we can break down more throughout the season, what would it be? My favorite look for the season long futures is uh, really anything positive relating to the Toronto Raptors. Okay. I love this team. I love Nick Nurse. Uh, I think they I think Fred Van Vliet can shine in his role now that he is sort of the center of this offense with Kyle Lowry moving on to Miami. Realistically, I think uh, the market is way, way, way shy on how good this team potentially could be. Their win totals in the 35 range. Uh, I make a fair price 40. And, uh, you know, let's not forget last year they played their home games in Tampa Bay. Uh, they tanked for the last two months of the season. They had COVID issues where they had like five available players for a couple of games. Uh, it was a completely lost season. I am willing to wipe the slate clean and come back with a prior that's more reflective of how they ended the 2019-2020 campaign, which was, again, in the semifinals of the Eastern Conference, game seven loss to the Boston Celtics. And really the only player missing from that team is Kyle Lowry. And realistically, Fred Van Vliet has taken enough meaningful steps forward that I think Toronto is going to be pretty dangerous this year. Uh, Atlantic Division 33 to 1 interests me. Just again, mm -hmm. it's going to be a very competitive division overall. Their win total over interests me. The other three that really stood out win total wise, Charlotte under, Mavericks under, and Spurs over. Those ones, I think you still have fair value on the board. Otherwise, uh, the market's gotten somewhat sharp, I think, at this point. Like I said, throughout the next week, I will be picking Drew's brain specifically here on the NBA, not just in the futures market, but also each game because his lines and what he has going right now is incredible. He's going to break down the Warriors Lakers at the end of the show for his edge of the day. And my pen will be out for those notes as well. We appreciate you guys listening us, uh, listening to us here on Bet the Edge, wherever you're listening or hopefully watching on our YouTube channel. Rate the podcast, of course, sign up and make sure you're joining us live or at least right after because these lines move quickly and we do want to make sure you're gaining an edge with us.
And of course, you can hit us up on Twitter as well. I woke up this morning, first message in my inbox was a fan of the show that said, hey, do you think Jensen Brooksby can beat Riley Opelka in Antwerp? <laughs> I was like, yes. <laughs> Let me so, tell you something, Drew. We wake up with very different messages. Very different. Mine's like, hey, do you like this shirt? And it's from my girlfriend texting me. Yours is, hey, what do you think about this match? And uh, of course, Brooksby is competing well. He is up one set to zero on Riley. So reach out to us on Twitter. I am at whale underscore capper and you can find Sarah at Sarah Perlman. Okay, we're going to transition now to talk about the NHL. We did break down the NBA. We'll get to some football later. But Matt Bernier is here because the NHL season now in full swing as well. He'll hopefully be joining us now uh, every single week, helping us break down the slate. And I look across the board for tonight, and there's a game that stood out to me and as well as you. It's the Stars versus the Penguins because there are a ton of injuries on this Pittsburgh Penguins team, and the Stars are plus 105 tonight. Um, I know the Stars have lost two in a row, but this seems like a good spot to back them at is that ultimately where you're going as well yeah I think it's it's like any other season in any other sport Sarah you know you've got these early season results that maybe swing lines a little bit more so than they probably should in the long run I, I like Dallas coming into the season as a potential Stanley Cup threat because this is a team remember go back to last year unfortunately for them they started off sort of in a delayed season because of a COVID issue. They had a number of things go against them, and they were extremely unlucky as far as overtime losses were concerned. They had more overtime games than any other team in the NHL, and they had more overtime losses than any other team in the NHL. As far as this year is concerned, yeah, they dropped the decision to Ottawa on Sunday afternoon. They gave up a couple of power play goals, but I think they've got a really nice blend of young studs. You've got Haskin, and we haven't even seen Robertson yet. You've got hints out there as well. And you alluded to the injuries that Pittsburgh is dealing with. I just think it's another instance where Pittsburgh feels like they're kind of playing over their head early on in the season. I know what Tristan Jari is. He's playing really well, but I don't really expect that to continue. And you've got somebody like Danton Heinen, who's a really nice player. Don't get me wrong, but he's more of a role player. He's got three points through three games. So to me, there's there's some sort of a regression due. And I feel like that's kind of what I'm going to allude to with all these matchups here this afternoon. And tonight, I think just... This is a regression due for a number of these teams. For me, it feels like Pittsburgh is due to come back to earth. And in Dallas, we still haven't seen their best. So I want to take advantage of the 105 on the money line in favor of Dallas. Incredible. because uh, And I, I love that breakdown on top of the fact that uh, 77% of the bet count, 62% of the handle on the pens. It does really feel like um, you know the betting marketplace has overreacted to the start, which is yeah, that's prone to happen in uh, early in the season here. Um, what is the uh, regression angle, if any, as we look at the Vancouver Canucks taking on the Buffalo Sabres? Well, we all know Buffalo last year had a disaster of a season, far and away the worst team, almost a historic bad team in the NHL even with the shorter season the the reason I'm looking at this game from a regression standpoint it all has to do with the goaltenders and whoever ends up in net for both Vancouver and Buffalo put it this way when you've got Buffalo their two goaltenders so far Dustin Tokarski and Craig Anderson Anderson's a 40 year old just journeyman fine player but we, we know what he is at this point in his career it's not as though he's going to threaten for a Vesna trophy and Dustin Tokarski hadn't even been in the NHL for three years prior to last season. So it's not like we're dealing with superstars that are going to be stone walls there. They've gotten off to a good start, but I'm not expecting that piece to continue. And as far as Vancouver is concerned, they brought in Yaro Halak from Boston last year. 
kind of know what he is. He's a bit of a journeyman himself. And Thatcher Demko, he's not old enough to really be considered a, a journeyman. He's only 25 years old. But I just feel like a couple of these guys, again, they've kind of gotten off to hot starts. I don't know that I necessarily think that's something that's going to continue. And perhaps this is an opportunity to take advantage of the odds. I think over six is a good play in this spot at even money for the Vancouver and Buffalo game tonight, just simply because it feels like this isn't a sustainable run for these goaltenders, whoever ends up getting the call for both sides tonight. Matt, here's one that I looked at because I go to our NBC Sports Edge tools and something that came out today was confidence on not only the Oilers' money line, but also the puck line. I start looking at Connor McDavid and I'm like, who could stop this guy now coming <laughs> off his 11th career hat trick against Calgary, which was fantastic. He's been outstanding for seasons and obviously seems like he has a good spot against the Ducks tonight. Can the Ducks do anything and stop the Oilers and, of course, Connor McDavid? You know, when I first looked at the game, I, I was with you as far as the puck line is concerned. It opened up at plus 105. Now it's gone down to minus 105. I think a lot of people are seeing the same sort of thing that I am that you brought up. Anytime you've got the guys named McDavid and Dreisaitl out there, you're probably going to put some goals up on the board. But the other piece to keep in mind with Edmonton, Mike Smith's off to just a wicked, wicked start in net for the Oilers. And I think there's a real chance that there's some signal here. I don't think this is noise. This is a team that looked good going into the postseason last year and completely laid an egg in the first round. I don't want to just totally dismiss what they did in the regular season, though. This is a solid team top to bottom. Maybe they don't have a ton of depth as far as firepower is concerned. But again, whenever you've got those two studs at the top, you're always going to be a threat to score goals. And as far as Anaheim is concerned, look, they had a really nice win last night in Calgary. They won an overtime three to two. This is the second night of back-to-backs. To me, this feels like a good opportunity to take advantage of the home side, saying, you know what, from a money line standpoint, I would never advocate laying whatever you need to, whether it's minus 235 or whatever the case may be, to win 100. But I, I think if you're really looking to make a play here, I wouldn't go any less than the minus 105 on the puck line, but I do think Edmonton can win this game sort of in that 3-1, to 4-2 to two range when all said and done. Mm, very hopeful that you're correct here and mcdavid uh points just continues to roll in here i have a decent uh decent mcdavid heart price out there so i'd love to see that continue to trend okay we'll have to root for him tonight and of course maybe the oilers on the puck line he has an awesome game and takes care of business fairly quickly matt i am curious as you're kind of going over these lines after a shortened season last year some teams you know kind of overhyped and, and lived over their expectations and other teams that we thought were going to be good last year due to COVID didn't show up. Is it harder handicapping this year after a shortened season last year, or have you found it's pretty back to the norm? Well, I think it's more a matter of what we saw last year and expecting things to continue. I look, I've been fooled a little bit and granted Seattle's a brand new team, an expansion team, right. all the players coming in, I think in totality, it's a pretty solid team, but maybe I haven't given enough credence to the, the fact that they're going to need a little bit of time to gel and also, it doesn't help when your star goaltender that you paid for from Colorado and Philip Grubauer, he just hasn't gotten going for whatever reason. I think it's a matter of time before we see Chris Dreiger go in there and, and kind of take things over, just to start anyway, unless we can get Grubauer back on the right track. But I think that's the biggest thing. Based on what we saw last year, you would think you're going to see more of that same thing to start the season. But in reality... May take a little while for some of these guys to get going and some of these teams to really put their best foot forward. So I think that's also why we talked about it at the top. You can kind of take advantage of some things that a little bit of recency bias, what you've most recently seen. I think people want to just run with when in reality, I think at some point everything is going to come back, you know, the regression to the mean that we talk about.
Yeah, certainly kind of taking advantage of the overreactions in the market. Matt, great stuff. You can follow Matt on Twitter, at Bernier underscore Matt. He has so much more hockey, horse racing, and even EPL stuff. So much awesome content on NBCSportsEdge.com. Good luck with all your plays for tonight, Matt. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At KPMG, our people make the difference. It's not just something we say, it's what we do. Combining the power of people and technology, we uncover brighter insights, innovate bolder solutions, and create better data-driven outcomes. KPMG, make the difference. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves... Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The NFL season is in full swing, and the NBC Sports Predictor app has you covered with Sunday Night 7. Predict what will happen between the Colts and 49ers on Sunday night for a chance to win up to $100,000. It's free and easy to play. Download today from your app store or visit NBCSports.com predictor. We're going all over the place. we got NBA. A little bit of NFL later, of course, NHL. What about college football? Because we have our guy, Zach Kruger, standing by to join us and help us break down week eight. An Orioles hat on, an Air Force shirt on. But we're going to start actually in the Big Ten with Wisconsin and Purdue. And Purdue's getting three and a half. I'm going to be honest, I have not been um, impressed by this Wisconsin team like most people. They did not cover against Army, which Drew Dinsick did talk about last week, which I jumped on that. Um, But they did get the outright win, of course. I look at this game, three and a half does seem like a lot. Purdue obviously coming off of an outstanding win. What's your read on this game? Yeah, so first of all, Sarah, Drew, thanks for having me on. Happy to be here. Um, Interesting point that you also noted that Wisconsin did not cover against Army last weekend. They were uh, plus 14. Army was uh, Army ended up covering that game, even though they were without starting quarterback Christian Anderson. So even with the backup quarterback, Wisconsin was unable to cover that game. Uh, Wisconsin is three and three on the season. Uh, Like you said, you're not as impressed as others are with Wisconsin. You can follow me under that as well. I'm not either. Wisconsin's three wins are against Eastern Michigan, Illinois, and Army. Neither of them are particularly great. Again, Army was without their starting quarterback in this past game. Purdue really stood out, obviously, last week with a 24-7 win against number two Iowa on the road at Iowa as 11-and-a-half-point road dogs. Um, And the thing that I'm really looking at this coming week is just the fact that Purdue, first of all, they're at home against a Wisconsin team that's only two and four against the spread. Purdue is three and three themselves against the spread, but wide receiver David Bell of Purdue has been absolutely dominant this season for Purdue. He has caught 37 of 51 targets for 671 yards and four touchdowns. He's been a monster after the catch. He's forced 13 missed tackles, which is second in the nation, but he's also missed one game compared to the leaders ahead of him um, in that category. Uh, We watched Purdue beat up on a bad offensive team in Iowa last week. I think that even though Wisconsin's defense has been solid, we saw Purdue play a well-executed game against Mm -hmm. one of the best defenses in the nation, Iowa. I think that them covering this game looks very feasible. I I wouldn't be surprised if they outright won it. I just think Wisconsin's offense has struggled for the majority of the season and will probably continue to do so this weekend. 
Oh, fantastic. So David Bell in the driver's seat for the Bolitnikov, if you ask monster. me. Um, monster. He is a monster. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the currently 91% of the handle coming in on Purdue. So the three and a halfs may not make it to the weekend. If you are so inclined, you should probably get involved early. Uh, another interesting line that's hanging right around three and a half here uh, features your Air Force Falcons taking on the San Diego State <laughs> Aztecs. Some fascinating push-pull in the market here, as I have heard credible cases made for San Diego State this week. However, you are going to battle with the troops here. Uh, Air Force minus three and a half is the right side in your opinion? Uh, battle with the troops is a really good way of phrasing it. I actually got my Air Force Falcons shirt in just for this show. Um, so I'm glad it came in on time. But yes, I've been supporting the Falcons over the course of the last several weeks. I'm currently 4-0 picking my Falcons game. So I kind of want to ride a heater and stay confident. Uh, Air Force currently sitting at three and a half. I actually put an early bet on them at four even. So I dropped at three and a half. I might have to get in on that as well. But um, the Falcons and the Aztecs are kind of two teams that are very sound defensively. What I really looked at when breaking down this game was to find out where on offense um, their strengths lie. And the one thing that I noticed is that the Falcons are one of the top teams in the nation in terms of success rate. They're currently 32nd with a 46.3% success rate, which basically means on any given play, they're getting the requisite yards needed to keep a drive alive on a very high rate. Um, San Diego State is coming off a game where I think the only touchdown that they scored last week was in a, a win against San Jose State. That game entered, I believe it was 9-9 to at halftime or at overtime. It was not a very good game offensively. And then last week, San Diego State actually benched quarterback Jordan Brookshire in favor of Lucas Johnson. Johnson came in. He only completed two touchdowns or only completed two passes. They ended up being the two touchdown passes that San Diego State needed to ultimately win this game. They have not been very good offensively. I think that Air Force will be able to hopefully keep enough drives alive to get ahead in this one. Um, you know, it's currently sitting at three and a half. I think that Air Force could definitely, um, as a home team, be the favorite to walk away and cover this one. So I'm staying confident. I'm riding the Falcons heater. I'm going to pick Air Force at three and a half. It seems like you have a good read on this Air Force team, not only with the shirt. Hopefully Amazon Prime came in clutch and got that <laughs> delivered by today. But in all seriousness, Thor Nystrom is coming on Friday. And I've seen on Twitter a little feud you guys are having going back and forth on this yeah. game. I know he likes the Aztecs. And as Drew said, there's been some push-pull in this market. Saw the four, came down to three and a half. I will be curious where this line lands. Here's one more for you, Zach. I look at Liberty laying a huge number against North Texas, 21 and a half. When I do look at our edge projection tools, which are super helpful, a lot of confidence coming in on North Texas plus 21 and a half. Liberty, though, obviously covering this year, five and two against the numbers so far this year. What scares me about this is there's so much money in action. One side, 93% of the handle coming in on Liberty, which normally I like to take the other side on those games. Mm -hmm. What is your case for this game? So my case for this game is I've had to cover a couple of North Texas games for NBC <laughs> on the weekend, and North Texas is not a very good-looking <laughs> team. They, they, they've been very underwhelming. Uh, quarterback Austin On has been painful to watch this season. Uh, apologies to him, but um, he has five touchdown passes on the season. Four of them came against a bad Missouri defense, and three of them came in the fourth quarter when the game was already well out of hand. Missouri was basically probably playing players who saw their first snaps of the season. And Austin Allen just kind of went into, you know, complete God mode where he was just slinging touchdowns around. And it was more of a backdoor cover than it was something that, you know, came, they came by honestly. So North Texas is three and three against the spread. They should probably be more like two and four. Um, they were getting absolutely crushed by Missouri. I think if they would have played their stars, they would have, you know, they would have ended up covering that game. Um, on top of that, again, on he's not been very good this year. 
He's only thrown for over 100 yards in two out of four starts. He's not been very good. He just barely squeaked out 121 passing yards last week against Marshall. And then you have on the other side of the ball, Liberty, quarterback Malik Willis, who could, in all likelihood, um, it's not a very good-looking quarterback class, I would say, right now for the 2022 NFL draft. But nonetheless, Malik Willis could end up emerging as the number one overall quarterback in this class. Probably not going to be Spencer Rattler at this point in time. Malik Willis has 1,462 passing yards on the season. 14 touchdowns, six interceptions. We also know he has wheels. He has 758 yards and nine scores on the ground as well. Uh, Liberty is covered in big games already this year. They covered uh, minus 20. They covered minus 27 and a half, and they covered minus 35. They lost outright last week to Louisiana Monroe as 32 and a half point favorites. It's obviously disgusting, but I think that between how bad I've seen North Texas play personally, um, that they struggle to do anything offensively. And just the fact that their defense is truly not good. They rank 104th in the nation in points per drive allowed and 117th in points per game allowed, 35. Liberty is outscoring their opponents by 17.6 points per game. North Texas is falling under 12.5 points per game um, against their opponents. So I think Liberty coming off a loss, I think North Texas not being that great. Just I feel very confident that Liberty can cover this. I know it's a big spread, but we've seen them do it three other times. Like I said, I've watched North Texas games, a couple of them now, and it's, it's, it's not fun. Uh, so... <laughs> I've got, I'm going Liberty here. You could have just, just left it there and said, I went to North Texas games. I've seen them in person. Don't take them. And that would have been a good enough case. But you, my friend, made a great case for me to feel comfortable laying the 21 and a half with Liberty. It seems like a true get right spot for this offense and get the big W over uh, a not very good team in North Texas. If you're not already, Zach is on Twitter. So much analysis and college football picks there at ZK underscore FFB. And he has tons of more college football content on our website, NBCSportsEdge.com. Have a great rest of your day, Zach. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks a lot, y'all. I don't want to go watch North Texas. I'll say it. (laughs) I don't want to. There's a lot of other things I'd rather do. Yeah. What about you, Drew? Uh, Well, Liberty is actually a fun watch. Hugh Freeze has got that team playing really well. So yeah. that might, might actually be a better game than uh, than the spread suggests. But uh, ultimately, yeah, no, Liberty with the cover. I'm fine with that. True story. I played Liberty in college soccer. I've been to that campus one time. Um, it was enough one time for me, but they're a fun offense to watch for football. head into the NBA because everyone that's listening is wondering when they can get your edge of the day for tonight. Let's hear it. Well, uh, the nightcap Lakers warriors, great game. Uh, of course, uh, a little bit of a, um, uh, a throwback to the first play in game in the Western conference Mm -hmm. we had last year, which was so much fun. And these teams match up fairly well against each other. I think you've seen market again, kind of come in pretty hot on the Warriors, push this line down to three and a half. The market also has been heavily, heavily backing the under. I agree with both of those, (laughs) which is why my edge of the day is Lakers team total under 115 points. Let's talk about, in general, the way that this Lakers team is comprised. They have basically completely reshaped the roster around their two stars, almost Every piece that that was a meaningful contribution last year beyond LeBron James and Anthony Davis has been replaced or is out due to injury for this game. So there's going to be a, you know, there's going to be a growing pains period here where they figure out their offense, particularly when the bench unit is on the floor. I think realistically, this Lakers team offensively is not 
you know, does not uh, kind of stack up among the best in the, in the NBA, in my opinion, uh, I have them kind of somewhat middle of the road. I ha- I think this is a closer to elite defensive team. However, that does not help you get to 115 points against the Warriors. Uh, so realistically, I think this is going to be a closely fought, um, low scoring, slower paced game than the market is expecting. And uh, you, you want to guess how many, how often the Lakers made 115 points last season in, re- in regulation? It was less than 25% of their games. This is not a high scoring team. They are not able to backfill with shooting the way a lot of these other teams are. And if you have watched any of the preseason so far this season, you will note that the Lakers are lacking any touch, any feel, any chemistry across this team. The likelihood that they flip the switch and get it done on opening night, I think is relatively unlikely. And in general, I think the Warriors are somewhat disrespected for their defensive effort. Uh, They held opponents under 115 last season, more than 50% of their games, actually uh, almost 60% of their games. Uh, And realistically, uh, this is just going to be uh, a game that I think is decided under 110 for the winner. So uh, Lakers under 115 points, edge of the day for me on this Tuesday. Okay, love the analysis. I will totally follow you on that play. The market, as you said at the beginning of the show, and now is just getting wrecked a lot of money coming in on the unders here so probably best to get in under the team total or on the team total rather before it gets too late and closer to tip off i wish i had an nba play but i don't your girl's going back to the nfl i found a line that i like there's so many huge double digit favorites this week but i did find a shorter line that i happen to agree with right now it's the panthers laying two and a half against the New York Giants. I know the Panthers have now lost three in a row. Um, I do think this line, it's it's already three in a lot of spots. Points that's still hanging in the two and a half. I'm afraid this is going one way in favor of the Panthers. The Giants have so many injuries. We know that. They just got, you know what, kicked uh, out of them by the Los Angeles Rams. We saw that at home. The New York Giants are so bad at home. That's a trend that people have been following for a really long time. Nine and 26 straight up since the start of the 2017 season. I mentioned that the Panthers have lost three in a row, but we saw their Vikings loss in overtime. I think it's a get-right spot for Sam Darnold and company, of course. Their defense, if they could be anything like the Rams, this is a very good defensive team. They'll be able to cover this two and a half with ease against a New York Giants team that not a lot of us have faith in so far this season. So this is a really good number. I got involved at two and a half. It's hanging there. I will go for Matt Rule and his Carolina Panthers. I dig it. Uh, great pass rush for Carolina going up against a weak offensive line for the Giants. If they can put some pressure on Danny Dime for your dollar. We're going to call him Daniel uh, Jones for this one. I'm going to get the Danny Dimes credit when I'm going against him. He's Daniel Jones um, yeah, well, for this matchup. Yeah. I, I, uh, yeah, if he, if he, if he puts up an effort, I will be surprised because this is not a great matchup for them. And uh, yes, injuries abound on that uh, offense for the New York Giants. So great look by you. And uh, I do agree that this will probably close three. Thank you guys so much for joining us here on our NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel. If you're coming in now and miss the beginning of the show, tons of NBA, college football, even NHL plays available. We're here all week, Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern, or of course, wherever you find your podcast after. Good luck with all of your plays. Enjoy the games tonight, including the NBA being back. Have an incredible evening for Judinsic and all of us here with NBC Sports Edge. I'm Sarah Perlman, and we will see you right back here tomorrow. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com.